0: Hi, my name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to Behind the Daw. We interview artists and music industry experts on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic level to get inside their heads, gather the best information, and then bring it back to you. By the way, this is a companion podcast to our new YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time. If you have any artists you would like to see come on the show, or if you have any feedback in general, you can contact me at wyatt at musicandstuffllc.com. I just want to welcome everyone back to Behind the DAW for episode 23. This time we have Brendan Bell who also goes by Kovex. Dude, how you doing today? Doing great, how are you? This is what I've been looking forward to ever since two nights ago when we decided to do this on Valentine's Day? Talking to Kovex on Valentine's. I guess he didn't just release, I guess it's been a minute, but you relatively just released the Blue EP and it is gorgeous. When I listen to your old stuff, that neuro kind of vibe to it, which is still really, really beautiful, really, really awesome. But now you're kind of transitioning more to like this more emotional, melodic. It just resonates with me so much. Tell me about that album. As an overview, I mean, how was it creating the album and stuff?
1: All happened seven months ago. Were you still writing it when I came to your house? When was that? August? Yes.
0: Whoa. I sat on your couch and you didn't say anything about this album? I didn't. You didn't say one thing,
1: man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I started the concept in like May, but I always like played around with the idea of making a collection of music, whether that be like an album or an EP. So I always just had it in the back of my head. I really just got inspiration for it from going to a bunch of shows. One show that really resonated with me, what really drove in my interest for this type of music was Tycho. But once I saw them in Denver, just was completely dumbfounded like I just stood there with my back up against the sound booth totally mesmerized and I was just thinking in my head this is what I want to do this is my dream this is my vision pairing the art and music together is the most important part to me I remember driving back home after the concert I was alone in my car pulled up my phone had the voice recorder on and I just left myself like a 30 minute message on how I want to construct this EP the first song should be towards the last I have like rough cuts kind of made beforehand so it wasn't just all fresh but I had all like the sounds at at my disposal the next day I started For You that was the first day I was out of school as you said it's definitely more melodic and my older stuff very neuro based
0: so tell me about the experience when you were at the Taiko show so you said leaning up against the sound booth and you were just mesmerized why were you mesmerized was it they had gnarly visuals with the music or was the music just hitting you on like a different level or you know like why why was that such an impactful experience
1: the pairing of the art and music together. I didn't really know that style of art existed until I saw them, which is just like super simple shapes, but colored in a really cool way and different hues. Paired with the music, it really just like, opened up my eyes to this different realm of music that I could go into. Like I had always been a fan of Taiko. Performances are like the biggest thing with an artist. That's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people will disagree because a lot of people are like studio nerds. I'm totally for that, but there's an experience with with music that needs to be felt live instead of sitting at your home with headphones on. I just stood there, thoughts were racing through my head. I was like, This is this is it, this is the thing. The concert
0: ended, and you got back in your car, and you're driving home, you're feeling so inspired, you pulled up your voice memos and you recorded a 30-minute monologue of your feelings of what you wanted the album to be like. Were you telling yourself a story? Were you just like saying feelings and you wanted to create that into an audio form, or what did that conversation with yourself look like?
1: It was more just like a journal, me just rambling. I do this a lot too. I just pull up voice recordings of. I have no one to talk to. It's just like my own journal, I guess. I'll sit there and just ramble for a while until my thoughts finally like come into a close. Just like journals do. Like you just write for a long amount of time. Your mind starts to starts to wander in one direction. And you're like, okay, that's the thing. That's the thing after writing five pages. Thinking about the music as more melodically driven and to actually like feel something with it rather than it being very sound design focused, I guess.
0: I've been through what you've been through. There's been many, many times, you know, I went through an experience. Yeah. And I felt like the information I needed, I don't know, the answers that I desired or the ideas that I was craving was already inside. They're already in there, but you need to talk. You need to get them out. You know, you just need to let the words come out and eventually in between the lines, they'll kind of come out, but there's no one to talk to. And sometimes, and actually, you know, most of the time when I try to talk to someone about it, I'm so conscious about what they're thinking about it. I can't get my own ideas out. And so you're right. You have to talk to yourself. It's actually extremely healthy for you to go off in your car alone. Just talk, just talk to yourself. We do live in the age of like a bunch of AIs. So like, Everyone's always listening on phones and (laughs) and computers and stuff. I mean, so like there's that creepy part, but if you can get over that, it's actually quite a beautiful experience. I haven't even thought about that. No, there's just something about being alone. And talking to yourself and like, I don't know, just like getting the answers
1: out. I mean, is that is that a pretty frequent thing? Yes. Every time I have like a big idea in my head and I want to like flush it out as quickly as possible. I mean, I'll do it in my studio, too. It's either writing in a journal. It's not I don't really have a journal. It's just like writing on paper. It's either doing that or like when I'm alone in my car, pull up the thing and just record as much as I want to. Just like let my mind go. When you're talking to people, even if it's like your best friend, you're worried about what their reactions are, what they're thinking, I guess. In the end, it's up to you to decide will happen. Like your friends can help you along your path, I guess. And they'll give you some guidance, but that is all their opinion. Those are all their thoughts based on their experiences and not your own. The past like year I've been built on what do I want and not what do other people want. Totally switching gears,
0: going to school for music business. How is that actually playing out with like your music career and stuff?
1: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm very indifferent about school. It's like some of the classes that I've taken are awesome. Awesome and I love the teachers in it, and I've learned a lot. But that's about probably a quarter of the classes that I'm taking, three-quarters of them. Half of the three-quarters are music, and then the other half are like gen eds. Some of these music classes, I am not getting anything out of it. It's so hard to pay attention when they're just reading off a Microsoft Word document. But yeah, I'm, I'm indifferent about it. I, I like it. I've met a lot of people. Um, uh, but it's not really like... I wouldn't say that it's going hand in hand with my music career. I think if I didn't go to school, I would still be where I am, if not further. I would be way further, actually. Just because I I would have more time and not have to do homework every night and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, just like a few of the classes have helped me. I mean, I had a moment last year where I was like, okay, I'm dropping out. I got like a big job and I was getting paid a decent amount. And I was like, okay, here we go. Dropping out. (laughs) But I didn't end up doing that. It's a lot of guilt too with my parents. Like, they definitely want me to stay in school and do the whole four year get a degree thing even if you don't learn anything they've told me that it's just like you you go through it you basically have like grit at the end I guess like Mm -hmm. if you've accomplished something this hard and long then you've done something big
0: would you say that's primarily the the thing that's keeping you in school right now is just your commitment to your parents that you said you would do it yeah what you feel I feel like I've went dude I'm still battling with it with school I have a love hate relationship relationship with school. Well, it's that man, I don't know. This is such a hard subject because it's like, I love learning. I love information. And I love that we live in a day and age where it's plentiful and you can go and it's it's awesome. It's amazing. But I really, 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 really disagree with this, the school system, especially in college. I don't agree with it. I think it's garbage. I get the value of being well-rounded, have well-rounded information, but like 30 plus credits of general education. No, no. Yeah, 30 plus. Is it 30 plus credits of general education and then 30 like whatever you
1: want to study? Is that what it is or is it more? Probably a lot more than that. I have like 140 credits to complete. Oh, man.
0: You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of money and that's a lot of time for information that has nothing to do with what you want to do. I remember one time I was in an English class. I was in an English 2010 class or 1010. I don't care. In college, I rose my hand. I raised my hand. I ro- risen. My <laughs> my hand arose. I asked the teacher a question. I was like, so here's the thing. I'm an electronic music producer. How is what you're teaching me going to apply to what I need to do? And he's like, it's not, it probably won't. And I was like, then why are we, why, I mean, what about, what about other people in the class? you know, like, how, how does it apply to them? He's like, it probably won't apply to them either. I'm like, why are we here? Why is this even a thing? And he's like, general education, it's like a, like a crescent wrench. It's a tool that you have and you might be able to use it one day. Maybe you need a hammer, but you don't have a hammer, but you have a crescent wrench. And so you kind of use the tools that you already have into what you need. And I was like, that's a really expensive way to get the wrong tool to maybe get the job done that you have to do.
1: I'm with you. I do think looking back at probably some of these English classes and like math and all this stuff, I'm thankful I learned it. I have some friends that like don't know basic math. Having these like certain skills are really good to have in life. But you can learn it all online if you're a self-driven person enough to do that. But it's just really hard to be self-driven enough to look up how to do multiplication, whatever it might be. You said
0: it the best way is that you said basic, basic stuff, which is really like, of course, all of us need to know basic stuff, you know, like basic math, basic English, all that kind of stuff. How to write an essay, that's still debatable. How to conjugate verbs and what a verb is, you know, like that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, we do need to know that. But does Kovex need to know calculus too? Do you? Absolutely. You want to talk about things that grind my
1: gears. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. <the> educational
0: system. <laughs> so do you feel like you are going to finish schooling then? Or are you going to write it out and finish it?
1: I mean, I've had this like thought in my head, if anything happens with my music anything happens like if I if I get to go on tour for two months or I don't know if I get offered an opportunity to move somewhere anything that's music related and something that I want to do I'm going to drop it in a heartbeat that's a priority for me absolutely yeah I mean while I'm at school I'm just grinding
0: I had this thought I am starting school again but anyways I'm going back to school for like social media marketing and stuff the reason why and this is something that else that I have a really hard time with is that in our society you know getting a job, as far as like most of the time in the music industry, it's different. But most of the time you you, people don't look at your experience. They look at your college degree. And it's something that I don't agree with. If you have two guys, one of them worked in the industry for 20 years and one of them just graduated from college, they're going to take the college degree person in most industries. And it's just like, what? like What? Anyways, but that's just the way it is. The reason why I'm going back to school is because it's insurance for me and my family. That is the only reason why is because if I go and I get a degree, I can utilize that if I ever need to if I ever you know what I mean because I refuse to put my kids in a position where maybe dad's not going to bring in money this month and so we can't eat I refuse I absolutely like refuse that but it eats my soul Brendan it really really
1: does Yeah, I mean, you're in a position where it's definitely beneficial. I mean, you're going for something that you like, though, which is the most important part. Do you have to take Gen Ed still, though?
0: No, no, I I got I already got my associate's degree. So that's out of the way. I did have to take that, though.
1: All the crappy classes are out of the way. Like you can just focus on what you like doing. And that I mean, as long as the teachers are good. Did you have to do you have to take conducting? Oh, no. I'm so happy. That you don't have to, because that's just ridiculous. My dad told me all about it. He was he was in conducting. It's a joke, dude.
0: You I was in a program where if I would have stayed in the program, I would have had to take it. But I was kinda like you. I'm like stuff started taking off within the doll, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> on to more important things, man. Cause we can we can trash school all day long, but <laughs> on to more important things, dude. I want to talk about your bloom EP. I want to go through each song and what it means to you, the picture that you were trying to paint. By the way, you can go and listen to the Bloom EP anywhere, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Carrier Pigeon. What is Carrier Pigeon? Is
1: that a new service that I heard? So, the first track, For You. Tell me about For You. Tell me everything. The starting point for the entire concept, I guess. Like, I knew the EP wanted to sound like that. It had all the ideas into it, like, all of my thoughts on how it should sound. It came out as I thought it would sound. I wanted it to be more happy. Like, I was in a really, really good mood. I just got out of school. Summer break. Here we go. I'm a happy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I thought of like Disney songs when I was like cooking food in my kitchen. And I was just like, where is this thought going? But as I was like cooking my chicken, you know, cook chicken. <laughs> <laughs> as I was cooking it, I just like, I started whistling to myself. I started formulating a melodic idea. And after like 15 minutes of me just whistling to myself over and over again, I was like, okay, okay, this is it. And I, Voice recorded it on my phone. I stopped cooking my chicken. I didn't even eat it, but I ran upstairs in my studio and just plugged in the notes and basically made the rest of the song that night. What did you do with the chicken? Like, don't remember. Frequent eat it? Does he eat your food? Tell me the truth. Uh, no. I'm very protective. Of my food. <laughs> do you ever cook for him or does he ever cook for you? I'm mostly the cook in the house. You seem like a good cook. <laughs> okay, so you went back up to your studio and you laid it all down, right? And then I knew I wanted vocals on it because it it sounded really empty without anything. While I was making it, I was like humming a melody myself. The lyrics for the song took me the longest. That's why I had such a delay on releasing it. Like it took me two months. I spent like a month just like building up the courage to write lyrics. I don't know why. It was like one of the first lyrical songs I've ever written myself. So it took me a really long time to just like formulate an idea. The idea came from, it came from my girlfriend and I breaking up for like a month just coming back together and realizing that this is actually good
0: are you guys still together now
1: yeah we're still together came back together and we were like okay this is right we just needed the time to figure out our own stuff so over the summer i was like thinking about it i just thought to myself i needed to do more for me and her for the relationship like i didn't really try enough i guess you can't do that with relationships like it's hard work i wrote the song about like doing things for her oh i get it i do it for you is there like a main concept
0: of what you are doing like or is it just like a a blanket term for
1: it was just kind of like a blanket term basically just solidifying the relationship and like knowing that we got stronger after the break it's all just like going back to how we felt when we first started dating and like all the feelings and how can we get back to that and it was basically just like me and her doing more for each other i guess and that was like all we needed to do all along
0: i can see it i knew that was there that's good stuff so what about memories
1: not a whole lot of story behind that one. I started it on my couch in the basement. I found this like kiddie vocal sample on YouTube, like all these kids laughing and playing and having fun. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And I got that vocal sample and I was like, okay, this, this is like pretty fun too. Like this can bring me back to when I was a kid. I also wanted it to be kind of happy and hopeful, thinking about the past, nostalgic, but a lot of childhood memories back.
0: Memories, feeling nostalgic part of it. Was it mostly about your? your past or were you just like the concept of nostalgia nostalgia
1: nostalgia
0: and and like memories in general is that what the song was about it was just in general or it was like
1: specifically your past kind of both I wasn't really thinking about it while i was writing it i like the kid sample and every time i listened to it I, it just brought me back and like playing in the park and stuff anyone could listen to it and be like that's kids playing in the park that's what i did <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> so what about momentum tell, tell me about momentum
1: i hit up michael mikey he had recorded on on Alone, my song that was released a couple years ago. He had recorded saxophone on that. Uh, we had known each other since like high school. So I hit him up and I was like, yo, should write another tune together. And I wanted it to be like strictly collaborative. Like I wanted to start something fresh with him. I do a lot of inspiration from Slow Hours. They're like a crazy, massive group out of France. It's like Rusty Hook, Aster, some other dudes. They're all like great producers though. It was definitely like the darker song on the EP. For You was happy, hopeful memories is like reminiscent nostalgic momentum is like dark side of my head go back to like my heavier roots it was really fun like writing heavier stuff again I hadn't done that in a while it was a lot of fun for me I also was thinking about like the show aspect too people want to hear heavy stuff I wanted to throw a heavy song in there it was really just about being a dark song not a whole lot of story with it final one we got which is my personal
0: favorite and it's the title of the album which is bloom and you had Anna Schofield on there it's an amazing song I listened to all the time. I messaged you two days ago and was like, gosh, dang it, this thing is so good. Tell me about Bloom. Is there is there a story behind it or is it kind of like the other songs where you just kind of like you needed a word to express a feeling, not necessarily a story?
1: I guess the story behind it was similar to Tycho. After I opened for Bonovo, the next day I wanted to make music like him. Bonovo, Tycho vibes going on here. This is exactly my thing. Again, heavily inspired by Bonovo. Next day, I got home, wrote like an eight bar thing. It came together pretty fast fast, like the melodic concept of it. There were a lot of names before it was called Bloom. I didn't really have a story behind it. I knew it was kind of like it gave me a weird vibe though, like it was different than anything I've ever felt before. It's almost like spooky. It's also hopeful, like fighting. There's a lot of power in it. The story came together when Anna came over and recorded. She's an old friend from high school as well. She had this concept of cutting people out or cutting things out, just cutting habits out that will not let you bloom into the person that you want to be. Just cutting all the negativity out, being who you want to be. I thought that was like a really powerful thing with the song because I was like, this is already a powerful song and it makes me feel hopeful. It gave me good vibes when I listened to the production for sure.
0: So is that the whole concept of the of the album too, is it blooming into the person that you want to be?
1: I hadn't really thought about that so far. I just called it Bloom because I thought Bloom was the good title track on the whole EP. Like summed up all the music on it. You gave me a good point of view. <laughs> that makes and
0: sense. Telling you about your own
1: album This great. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> Do you feel satisfied with how the album came out?
1: Yes, but I'm also ready to do better things
0: so which leads me to my next question what's in the future man what's 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 going on i do know that you do have you know you're, you're about to headline your first show is that correct yep Ooh, that's amazing in denver i'm assuming yes if you guys want more information go check that out and word on the street is,
1: is that you're gonna release a bloom sample pack or something tell me about that with this in the DAW episode and behind the DAW, I'll be releasing a bloom sample pack of most of the samples used within the EP. There'll be kicks, snares, percussion patches. (laughs) I probably will. I'll include some of them. All right. Yeah, it's just gonna be a lot of samples mostly. So that's like what the EP is comprised of mostly
0: there will be links in the description of this podcast as well as on our socials and kovex's socials as well it's only five bucks five bucks five bucks for all the beautiful blooming that you can handle so much bloom <laughs> look at all that bloom I have, I have one final question
1: oh it's a good question What's your favorite
0: color? Like what is your favorite color though?
1: It's a philosophical view. Thank you. Red. Red? I don't wear red or have anything red. I don't know why it's red. I just haven't changed it. I feel like I should.
0: Should we convert you to a different color right now?
1: I wanna say black. Magenta.
0: You're more of a magenta kind of guy. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you this question. I've been asking this question lately. I've been getting some really, really good answers. Let's say you were able to sit down with the creator of the universe. We'll call him God for all intents and purposes. And You were able
1: to ask one question. I don't know how to answer that because I I personally... You're not the first one to say it. (laughs) I personally don't think someone created the universe. But if I were to ask something that created the universe, I would probably ask it why all the terrible people that exist on this earth like why why are some of us made to be happy and why are some of us made to be just awful in recent events like all these shootings like yeah yeah, i would just be like why why why? do terrible things like this exist all
0: question to that is you know what do you think the answer would be up to this point in time what what has been the answer that you've come to answer that with
1: i don't know if there would be a definitive answer like You're just my, you're my voice memo right now.
0: I'm good. I'll be the voice memo. (laughs) I'll be the government secretly listening for you. (laughs)
1: I guess the reason these terrible things exist is for the world to adjust to the nasty things and learn from its mistakes, maybe. But I want to say that, but obviously that hasn't happened. I just wish people would take it more seriously and actually do something about it. Like when you look at case studies in Australia, or uh, I can't think of any other places that do it, but they ban guns and immediately when that happened there were no mass shootings learning from them and seeing how they accomplished that i think we could learn a lot from them in the united states and we just still haven't done anything about it
0: this is a good thing to talk about you know the concept of gun control and yeah there's a problem obviously there's a problem one mass shooting's too much do i personally think that taking away all the guns will solve the problem i don't think i'm educated enough to make that answer I live in Utah. We're primarily like, let's keep the guns going. And you know, I have a gun. This is such a, oh man. There's a lot of layers to it. There's a It's not one dimensional. A lot of people love to wave their fists in the air and say, if we take away this, if we take away that, then then it'll all be fixed. I I personally, I don't know if that's true or not.
1: As I said, like Australia, like they had mass shootings up until that point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. America's different. Like we're the people that are here are here for some of these reasons for the right to bear arms and... Are here to own guns. That's a good point. As people like it, I don't really care if you go out and go to the shooting range every weekend or go hunting. Like, I don't really have a strong opinion on that. But I do care about the people, I guess, that I don't really know that may have some disability that can go into a store and buy an assault rifle.
0: I agree. I, I 110%. You shouldn't
1: be able to buy a person hunting weapon that are only used in like the military and stuff like that. Like, there's no reason you should be using a semi me- weapon to, like, kill a deer. That's a really good point. <laughs> that we even sell that crap. It's fun, sure. I've shot a lot of guns. It's fun, but I don't own one. I mean, like, Nolan owns guns. Mm-hmm. His family is a strong supporter of guns, mm-hmm. and I, I get it. There's no good way to answer this question. Maybe there
0: is a good way, but I think you're right. I think just, it's so, it's hard. It's a complex problem that's taking a lot of lives that we don't have all the answers to, and its it sucks. And it sounds like this has been on the forefront of your mind. I mean, it sounds like that's directly tied to the answer that you would have asked God. So this is something that's been on your mind a lot lately. So, I mean, is it just, why so? Why has it been on your mind so much lately? Is it just like the news just been overwhelming
1: you or? I mean, it's definitely the news. Every month you see something like this. Today, especially, like I got I got deep into the news on yesterday's shootings. But yeah, I just read all about it and there are a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter just like talking about their views and how they think we should solve it. Yeah, I mean, it's just been on my mind today. I don't think about it constantly. Something like this happens, of course. I mean, that's when we all think about it, which yeah. is kind of, it's bad. I can't help my mind. It sounds like you and me,
0: pretty much, we, we agree on this issue, for the most part. Like, what if we didn't? What if you and I didn't agree on that? I think that's a really big problem with politics, with just in general in America, or just in general with humans. What if you and I didn't agree on that? How would you feel? Would you want to fight back, or would you be like, no, dude, that's that's your decision, that's that's what you think?
1: Half of my family members are from Kansas. A couple of them are very pro-gun. Some cases it's fun to argue about that. I mean, I wouldn't hate you mm-hmm. if you were pro-gun. I wouldn't hate you at all. I do It's just your opinion. We all have opinions about everything. I'm not going to lose our friendship over yeah, it. That,
0: that's, a, that's a good thing. And, and I'm glad that you said that. This is something that I see a lot, especially when it comes to stuff like gun control, anything political or whatever you want to say. People are willing to sacrifice relationships. I, let me think about how to word this because I, I would sacrifice a relationship for something that I truly did believe in. I think it's more so that we see a lot of people where it's like you see person A express their belief and you see person B express their belief but it's not enough for these two people. Not only do they want to express their beliefs, but they want to force the opinion of themselves onto that person. And you see that on both sides. You know, if we're losing, if we're using political terms, you see that on the left and the right, right? You see it with conservative and liberal, Republican and Democrat. You see it everywhere. And that is something that I can't stand. If you truly, if you came to me and you're like, Wyatt, I do not like guns. I don't think anyone should have guns ever, period. You know, I'm not saying that is your belief, but let's, let's for all intents and purposes, let's say it is. And so if you come and you said that, I'd be like, okay, that is something that you truly believe in. And I can't get mad at that. But what I don't agree with is when you when you force it on the other person. So if I came back and I said, you know what, Brendan, you know, like you you believe that, that that's totally cool. And I have this opinion on it. I feel like at that point, because I gave you the respect that you deserved about your opinion, I deserve that respect too. I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's really my only thing when it comes to anything, anything at all, gun control, abortion, religion, divorce, whatever you want the hot topic to be at the point, as long as we can talk about it, I feel this way. Well, what about this point? Well, what about that point well you know like you are kind of bring up all the the angles on it and all that kind of stuff i i think that's fine i think that needs to happen a lot all the time in fact when you start attacking someone for what they believe in, whether it's what you believe in or not. You, that's what really bothers
1: me. You can't call them out for believing in something. As I experienced with my family members, it's like some people just don't let it go. They'll just try to drive it in you as hard as they can. You try to talk and there's, yeah. no, this is what I think. This still is something that we need to talk
0: about, man. I'm sorry, I'm not, you're being my journal now. And I just- It's fine. It does need to be talked about. And I think it's very fitting that you and I just had a conversation about this on, on the show live. We didn't, we had no idea we were going to talk about this. I just want you to know from here on out as well as like anyone who's listening to this or whatever if I say something and it is not of your opinion I'm not mad at you at all I encourage people to have different opinions of me because then I get different viewpoints and I understand things I'm, I'm not right all the time ever actually I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: very rarely right right <laughs> And I, I say the same thing for anyone listening to me. Like, I care what you think, totally. I'm not about to hate you for whatever you believe. Hope that you can do the same for me.
0: This just came up to my mind too. Do you know who Ben Shapiro is? Yeah remind me. Okay, so he's like super into politics and everything. He's like, he's, he's a big arguer, like big arguer. Like He's like very into like looking at arguments on a political basis and examining them and getting down to the core of it, which is something that I agree with. He's very into like I don't care about your feelings, I care about the facts, which I partially agree with. Plot twist, feelings are very real. People feel certain ways for certain reasons. Whether those reasons are legitimate, like factual, it doesn't matter. That's how the person feels. And so but should feelings dictate how he Make laws, but what I'm trying to get at is that he's like, facts, 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 and I like. I get that, but I also need to acknowledge feelings. I do need to acknowledge how people feel and how this is and how the facts affect them. But at the same time, I need facts. You you did a really good thing when you brought up the whole Australian thing. That's a fact. And I need to know that. I need to know research and all that kind of stuff before I can make a proper decision on anything. And I think that's something that needs to be brought up, not only in politics, but in, in music, in, in life and in relationships or anything like that, is that sometimes when we're so passionate about something, we let that passion run wild. And we don't fact check it. And that could cause a lot of damage. Because like, for example, if you were racist, let's let's pick some obscure... I guess you can't be racist against birds because that's not a race. Let's say you were racist against birds. All right, let's, let's pretend that birds are a race. <laughs> if you came in here and you truly felt a certain way about birds. And you're like, I want to make a law about this feeling. It's like, okay, I get it. That is something that you truly believe in. Your feelings are there. But the facts don't really add up. we did something like that i could affect a lot of people in a lot of ways and so i get it but what i'm trying to get at is that there's facts and there's feelings and we need to acknowledge both they're both important it's the venn diagram of both of them where we kind of it's the heart and the head the heart and the brain i like that better it's the heart and the brain that come together and it's like with the venn diagram that like actually helps you make the best decisions does that make sense i don't know where i was going with that but that was uh, (laughs) i had to get it out
1: (laughs) I feel like a lot of politics is definitely feeling based sometimes. Mm. just like every politician or every president that we've had does things based on their beliefs. That's why people vote for them. You have to have some thought going into what you're about to do and you have to have some belief behind it in order to implement it. Sure, there's going to be facts. There there has to be a reason behind it, like a factual reason to do it rather than just your point of view.
0: Because yeah. if you came to me, no, no, not you. My My wife came to me and was like, Wyatt, we need to build a garage out back. Okay, why? Because I feel like we need to. Okay, but we don't have any money to do that. But I feel like we need to. You see what I'm saying? The facts and the feelings aren't really adding up. It's like, well, I I get that you feel that way, but we don't have money to do that. But I feel like we need to. And my wife's not like that. And that's that's why I brought up the thing. But you see what I'm saying? It's like the feeling is just ruling that scenario. And it's like, but we can't. We have to buy diapers and food. Why would we do that?
1: What are... are the pause. Pop- overruling the negatives, I guess.
0: Yeah. Wait, which is then you're getting into facts. You're getting into the actual logistics of it.
1: Hand in hand, though. Like you can't just have a feeling with no facts. Like with big decisions. No, because you're right. Because
0: you see, you see the two sides of the spectrum, right? If you're just all feeling, no fact, there's problems. And all fact, no feeling, there's problems. Like, like for example, like that's what a lot of the like the post-apocalyptic movies now. Oh man, like what, like Divergence, Hunger Games, like all that kind of stuff. All of that is just completely ruled by fact. The fact is that the government's in charge and you just need to listen to us. But then their feelings come in like, oh, but I don't feel right about this. Like, and, and so obviously they do that. But then there's also things about feeling. And so like, obviously there's both sides of the spectrum. And so you do, you're right. You have to go hand in hand. You have to meet in the middle or else it's catastrophic, catastrophic, <laughs> catastrophic on either side.
1: I'm with you a hundred percent. What about, like, with music, though? Like, do you have to be fact-based to yes, write music or to make, like, decisions with your music? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe though, because you have to learn from other people. To write music, you have to listen to other music. Yeah. So.
0: Could you argue that, like, when you're arranging the song, you know, like, arranging, like, I want to do this in the intro, but then I also need a verse. Could you also argue that that's kind of factual-based, though?
1: Yeah, because you're, like, taking it from other people. There's no musician out there that hasn't listened to other people's music. Yeah, like, it's you- true. You get inspiration from other people.
0: What musician has ever made music without listening to other people's music?
1: How would they get into music in the first place if they haven't heard? Everyone's heard at least one song in their life, like in any situation. I don't know why you would ever stop listening to music. Yeah. You can't be a musician without listening to other stuff. Music is the fire that feels the fire. This is, this is crazy. Okay, I learned something from school. But Ooh. Like I learned, like, history of music and stuff. When you look at old examples of music and, like, where it came from, pretty crazy. Like, fundamentals of music came from just speaking words, sounds that they heard, which is what we do now. Like, we take sounds that we hear and put it into our electronic music. They got inspiration from chants. How did they get it? It's all from awesome feeling, man. What is music?
0: Because, like, I mean, we can, yeah, we can get, like, the, the proper physics definition of, like, organized sounds over time, but, like... I still feel like that's one dimensional. What is it though? This is so weird because it's like, it's the same concept of dancing. Dancing if you think about it is just really, really weird. You hear certain sounds in a pattern and your body reacts in a certain way. Like it's really weird, but it's the same thing with music when you're, when your body hears something and it makes you feel something, things that nothing else can make you feel.
1: Yeah. When you get into like the scientific basis of it, like there's a part of your brain that is there. for music there's a part of our brain that is meant to respond to music somehow yeah Sorry. why i think it's evolution man Maybe like it is we have slowly built to that point where just music somehow provides us joy or like something gets triggered in there when we hear a sound and we're like we automatically associate it with something and at
0: least from my own personal experience you know with music it's like Music has been a key to unlocking who I am, like me figuring out who I am. I remember listening to music, and it still happens, and it feels like all of a sudden I'm remembering memories that I never remember remembering. And like I feel something and it's like, it's like like something just unlocked inside of me and I was like, oh my gosh, like this feels so good and this feels like something that I've wanted to know for so long, but I've never been able to evoke it until now.
1: I'll listen to like a certain dubstep song that I listened to when I was in like sixth grade Eight. now, and I'll like immediately remember that moment. And that's what's cool about it too. It's like, it can be used for multi-purposes. Like you can bring music to Alzheimer patients and they'll start to remember things in their past. Like you ask them, what was your favorite song when you were growing up? Like they'll play it and they'll immediately get back into that memory. Super, super helpful for those kind of people. But it's also like good for us, too, because it rekindles that memory that we thought we lost, but we didn't.
0: I've thought about how essential and how important and how amazing music is, obviously. Like, we've built careers off of this. I don't know, I guess I'm just thinking about it on a much deeper level now and, like, how it plays into not just like my daily life but like the whole the whole the whole human
1: experience like why is this even a thing i don't know why it's in our everyday lives i think it's just like it fills the void maybe
0: but it does it in like the most pleasing way possible you know what i mean it's not just filler
1: it's like Whoa, this feels really good, you know? I mean, some people don't even listen to music, though. That, that's a real thing. Yeah, I've, like, I've met people that just don't listen to music somehow, but you can't get away from it. Like you go to a coffee shop and there's always music playing, or grocery store, there's that cheesy ugh, Despacito. Don't even, time am it started on that. <laughs>
0: My wife loves Despacito.
1: That's played in your supermarket? Feels so bad for you. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> Is there any final words? From you that you want to say, Kobex. Create
1: every day, no matter what. Just do something every
0: day. Music related or just creating in general? Create, create every day. I'll say that better.
1: Create every day. <laughs> in a world where you create every day. In a world. <laughs> Never talked into a mic like this. This is kind of fun. <laughs> this
0: good, dude. Thank you so much, man. Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was fun.